Hello, welcome to Sunday School Bonanza. This is where we review gospel doctrine lessons for you. This is brought to you by This Week in Mormons. Find us at thisweekinmormons.com and, uh, and facebook.com slash thisweekinmormons and at the real twim on Twitter. That's where we do those things. Joining me this week as we get into the new uh, Doctrine and Covenants and Church History lessons is one Eric Meldrum. Hi, how's it going? Hi, Eric. Unless you want a stage name, in which case I can edit that out. I have many stage names, but uh, I don't think most of them belong in this uh, setting. They're inappropriate. No, they're totally appropriate. They're just for the stage. Okay. Give me an example. Uh, Because I know you don't have one in your head. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Well, okay, as long as you're publicly okay being called Eric Meldrum, then we will we'll be just fine. So, this week's lesson, folks. Exciting times. Lesson number two. Behold, I am Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Um, the point of this lesson is pretty straightforward, actually. This is another, as a reminder, sorry, the lessons in Doctrine and Covenants will be more thematic in nature. So, we're not going to necessarily bounce around chronologically. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get into a ton of the history of Doctrine and Covenants and why the sections are what they are, the context. Um, so this one is more about how um, to develop a powerful witness of the Savior that comes through the Doctrine and Covenants. So you might be very well bouncing around between section 2 and section 136 throughout this lesson, depending on what your teacher wants to do, or sections 1 and 138. I don't know why I chose those numbers. But um, so there's a lot of good stuff, and uh, this is a very broad concept, but I think it, it illustrates the point that the whole purpose of the Doctrine and Covenants is to show the living Christ giving us revelation. I think that's the most, the greatest value in it. Um, Eric, how are, what are your feelings of Christ and the Doctrine and Covenants? Well, um, <clears throat> I, think it's, I think it's pretty remarkable that the Doctrine and Covenants, first of all, um, that it exists, that it's, it's different than the Book of Mormon, it's different than the New Testament, um, that all these revelations, most of which came through Joseph Smith, are given directly by Jesus Christ himself. So everything that we read about Jesus Christ is him testifying of himself. It's not coming. Oh, interesting, it, yeah. It, yeah, it's 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 kind of a, you know, first person straight from straight from the mouth of of the man himself. So Yeah. And that's that's a great way to look at it. There's so much value in these lessons um uh, for all of that because yeah, Christ talks directly to us. And we and we see that in all these scriptures um Full of powerful testimonies of the Savior. And, um, oh, where was that explanatory section? That's okay. Your teacher might actually do a great attention activity. So let's, I'll go through this one this week. I'm not always going to go through the attention activities. But uh, if, if your teacher brings in a branch from a tree, the teacher might point out that the branch is no longer receiving the nourishment it needs to stay alive. Then you ask, ask the question, why is this branch unable to receive the nourishment it needs? because it is separated from its roots. So there's a quote from Elder Packer that supports this, and I actually I enjoy this. It says, The atonement of Jesus Christ is the very root of Christian doctrine. You may know much about the gospel as, its branches out, as it branches out from there, but if you only know the branches and those branches do not touch that root, if they have been cut free from that truth, there will be no life, nor substance, nor redemption in them. So I like that. Yeah, that's that's great. Um I think <clears throat> you know the atonement is uh, the atonement is at the center of the, of the gospel and we've, yeah. we've been taught that for a long time. But it's it's one thing that we, you know, none of us fully comprehend. And and we know that. Um I don't think anyone 
uh, who's a member of the church claims to fully comprehend how the atonement works. But I think the Doctrine and Covenants probably does the best job of any of the books of scripture of, of kind of getting into the, the details of that, getting into kind of the mechanics of, of how that works. So some of these scriptures that we're going to go over here today really, uh, really help us to understand how the atonement applies in our lives. Yeah, and, and one thing I always think about in the sections of Doctrine and Covenants is how much we better understand the gospel because and the atonement because of, uh, of these sections of Scripture. Like, without them, we'd be in a completely different place. I mean, we think the Book of Mormon is the keystone of our religion, but without these little bits of revelation from the Doctrine and Covenants to pad out and fully understand the restoration, it's, it's remarkable what we would lack if we had even just the Book of Mormon and the Bible when we really think about it. So... Um, so we're going to go through some sections here. Jesus Christ, of course, suffered the pain of all men that all men might repent and come unto him. So we're going to go through a few parts uh, in these, these sections that, that testify of the things about uh, the Savior, uh, what he has done, what he's done in the Doctrine and Covenants, and uh, how he goes through his atoning sacrifice, through his, everything he's done for us. So the first one, of course, Eric's going to talk about DNC 19. Yeah, um, and, and I love this scripture. I always have. Um, DNC 19... Uh, 16 through 19. This is this is the scripture where the savior, the savior himself is testifying of what it felt like to suffer the pains of the atonement. And um, it, it says, "For I, for behold, I God have suffered these things for all, that they might not suffer if they would repent. But if they would not repent, they must suffer even as I, which suffering caused myself, even God, the greatest of all." to tremble because of pain, and to bleed at every pore, and to suffer both body and spirit, and would that I might not drink the bitter cup and shrink. Nevertheless, glory be to the Father, and I partook and finished my preparations unto the children of men. Um, that What I love about that scripture is that the pain that Jesus Christ felt was not some abstract, theoretical, massive infinite universe pain that was <laughs> yeah. just heaped upon him um as as i heard it described one time but it was it was the pain of each of us you know it, it, and, and and this is this is the thing that that i find remarkable time and time again is that in somehow some way through the atonement jesus christ was able to put himself in our shoes he was able to feel what it was like to be us, to live our lives, to go through the duration of the life of each and every person who's ever lived on this earth. How that works, I don't know, but it's, but it's incredible. And it's one thing that I, I, I really have a strong testimony of, um, th- that, that Jesus Christ, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit later when we get into talking about empathy, but he really understands our pain and he has felt uh, the pain of every single person who's who's lived here. And I think a great question, even the lesson asks this, is, you know, um, why was Jesus willing to experience all of this suffering for us? And, and of course, we know it's to complete the plan and, and this and that, but in the preceding section, there's actually some interesting passages. In 18, I love that he says, Remember the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. For behold, the Lord, your Redeemer, suffered death in the flesh, wherefore he suffered the pain of all men, that all men might repent and come unto him. And I will hope that someday I can have the long view that the Lord has in terms of, of this entire eternal process because so easily we worry about the day-to-day and I worry how I'm going to get through tomorrow without sinning or erring in any way, you know. And and he's aware that he did all these things for us because the worth of souls is great because he loves all of his children. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, and I, I, think that's, I think that's remarkable too that 
that the atonement cannot be brought about. There can be no atonement if Jesus Christ doesn't do this. If he doesn't take the time, however, in whatever way it happens, yeah, yeah. if he doesn't take that time to walk in our shoes, that's that's not just a, a nice... Uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have a buddy. We're gonna have a friend to kind of coach us and guide us. That that's an essential, integral part of the atonement, and it it can't work without yeah, that. Exactly. And and moving on with that, the of course through the atonement, all may be resurrected, and uh, you'll find many passages about this, but particularly uh, Doctrine and Covenants section eighty-eight. And just for some quick examples of this, we learn from these passages that one, the resurrection is the redemption of the soul. The spirit and the body are reunited, inseparably connected in a perfect form. And this is, this is, of course, getting into much of the lexicon of the Latter-day Saints, but it's an important thing to know is that we have the spirit, the body, and the soul. And one soul, we tend to think of a spirit, but a soul is actually a body and a spirit together. Like you and I, alive right now in mortality, are souls, effectively. And, uh, and then when we experience physical death, there will be, there's no soul. It sounds kind of weird from a, a very literal standpoint, but, you know, literally our spirits and our bodies will be separated. And... Um, I think the resurrection is an amazing principle. And of course, it also, as it says in 88, prepares us for celestial glory. In section 93, verse 33, it talks about how it's, the resurrection is necessary for us to receive the fullness of joy. And then we learn in the book of Alma, in Alma chapter 11, that all people will be resurrected, which is a wonderful doctrine that I think we take for granted, oftentimes not realizing that in many ways it's, it's I don't want to say unique to Latter-day Saints, but something that we are much more perhaps aware of and study more than uh, than other faiths might, that all will be resurrected, and that's that's remarkable. We still have to be judged by our works. Uh, we will not all be exalted in necessarily, but we will all be resurrected. We have that guarantee that our spirits and our bodies will reunite, and that is through the atonement. And once again, we don't know exactly how that power, what does that, or if it's really this the heavenly Father has to flip a switch and said, okay. You've done the job, and now I will f- fulfill my end of the bargain. But uh, it's great. Yeah. Um, one one thing on on resurrection, like, I mean, the fact that all people will be resurrected. I mean, I th- I think a lot of times we we think of that, and it it, it kind of takes on this mechanical. Okay, uh, you know that that's just something that's going to happen, and we we kind of stop there. But I mean, think about how different a world is in which all the people have glorified perfected immortal bodies i mean when you're no longer suffering from the fear of hunger or death or pain to you know physical pain to your loved ones through old age or whatnot i mean that that is a radically different world um and so that resurrection is not just some kind of mechanical bonus that comes about in in addition to the redemption from sin but Mm -hmm. it's it's an essential part in in you know transforming this world that we live in into into the world that god wants for us to have yeah exactly <clears throat> all right we got to move along time is short and we've still got much to cover so another thing through the atonement we can be forgiven of our sins of course and inherit celestial glory plenty of sections cover this but uh, they really push on sections 18 19 and, and 58 um i mean i don't know if there's anything in particular to say here but you know if we repent then the suffering that christ has taken upon himself covers what we've done wrong, right? We can come forth in the, in the morning of the first resurrection, like it says in Doctrine and Covenants, section 76. Uh, I love that notion that through repentance we can be forgiven. Repentance, of course, is not a bad thing. And all too often we view it with a stigma that we only have to repent because we did something wrong and we are, we are wicked or what have you. 
But repentance is a wonderful principle from a loving Heavenly Father who sent his son for us. And I think that's, when we understand the true nature of repentance, we realize how beautiful and good it is and that it's not something to be frowned upon or that needs to be swept under the rug or hidden from the the world's view. I don't know, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, do you have more to add to that? Okay, that's okay. Um, so, and then lastly on this section, real quick, that through the atonement, the Savior gained perfect empathy uh, for our sorrows, pains, and afflictions. Now, Eric, you mentioned this empathy section before, so I think clearly you have some things to say about this. Yeah, absolutely. So, take us. Um, so, I think that uh, the Savior's empathy for us stems from the fact that that um, he was able to, as, as it says in Mosiah 15, he was able to to see his seed. He was able to um, to know, he, he knows all of us with a perfect knowledge because he has walked our path before we have. He has experienced what we go through every single moment of every single day of our lives. Um, and so not only does he know of our sorrows and our pains and our afflictions, but he also knows of our joys and, and, and the sublime moments that happen in our lives and also kind of the mundane day-to-day stuff of, you know, making your scrambled eggs in the morning. Um, yeah, sure. So to me, that is, that is where the power, for, for me and myself, my personal application of the atonement, that is where the source of power in the atonement is, is just that, that knowledge that Jesus Christ, who is the most powerful being in the universe, knows me perfectly and, and, and is able to empathize with, he knows why I think the way that I think. Mm-hmm. He knows why I act the way that I act. And w- through that knowledge, he is able to kind of perfectly diagnose what's holding me back from becoming the kind of man that, that I want to be, that he wants me to be, and that he knows that I can be. Um, so it's through that empathy that he is able to provide that, that, that coaching, that guidance, that mentoring that helps us to overcome those obstacles, you know, because life is made up of so many little, uh, little decisions, little, um, little factors that, that we often are not aware of. We're not, uh, cognizant of, but but he is, and he's able to see the sum total of all these little decisions that we mm-hmm. make and able to guide us um, over the course of the, the, the long run. So Yeah, and I, and I think about that, like how much more comforting it is to know that my, my elder brother actually like gets it. You know, he's not just watching us, trying to wish he could understand what we're going through. I mean, he knows every, every single bit of it firsthand, which is remarkable when you think about the power of the atonement. Well, we're about out of time, but there's a last section here. There's a lot to list, so we're not going to necessarily do all of it. And also, in a bit of irony, the lesson actually quotes the lectures on faith, which were originally the doctrine section of the Doctrine and Covenants, then removed because they were deemed apocryphal, effectively. And yet, here they are in our lesson. Figure that one out. (laughs) I don't get it. We don't use lectures on faith as canon, but it's quoted right here from Joseph Smith that uh, Joseph Smith was explaining that enabled to... uh, Explained to be able to exercise faith in God, we must have a correct idea of his character, perfections, and attributes, which I think is true. I just think the, the citation is funny. Um, a lot of stuff here, I can't even get to all of it, but it's in sections. Ready for this, everyone? Section 6, 19, 29, 38, 43, 45, 50, 76, 93, 133, and 136. So if you have time to read all of those by Sunday, you will learn. Uh, but I think a lot of it's stuff we've covered also in, the, in our discussion for this lesson. But um, 
I think it is important to know the Savior because how can we have a testimony of him without knowing of his works and who he is and his personality and uh, and what makes the Savior the Savior? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that's going to do it for this Sunday School Bonanza. Yeah. It's a good lesson. So much to talk about in the Atonement. Um, but I'm really grateful for Christ, and I think the Doctrine and Covenants just backs up everything we've learned tenfold. You know, and it's just it's just remarkable. Eric, uh, any parting words for you? Um, just th- this is a good lesson. It uh, sets the foundation for the rest of the year. I mean, if, if the Doctrine and Covenants isn't uh, helping you get closer to Jesus Christ, then uh, what's the point? There we go. I think it's a good challenge this year, actually, if you haven't really gotten into the Doctrine and Covenants to use this year to understand it better and develop a testimony of it. And I've already grown a lot just in these few weeks working on these lessons, you know, and understanding it better. So, uh, so folks, please, of course, hope you find this on YouTube or iTunes or anywhere else that you like. And uh, Eric, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you, Jeff. Nice to have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, this has been lesson number two. Behold, I am Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, brought to you by those of us uh, doing Sunday School Bonanza from the team of This Week in Mormons. And uh, we hope you have a great Sabbath. Bye-bye.